Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 75. I hope you are doing well. I hope your family uh, is safe and healthy. I hope that you are finding ways to thrive while at home uh, or at work. If you're still one of those uh, essential workers, thank you so much for what you're doing right now during this time of crisis. My guest today on the podcast is Jamie Sumner. She is the author of a number of novels and nonfiction books. She has got a brand new book out called Eat, Sleep, Save the World, full of encouragement for parents of children with special needs. She also has a book on motherhood called Unbound and some novels, uh, some middle grade novels, think uh, wonder kind of fiction. So I had a really lovely time talking with Jamie really about how to parent in a guilt-free manner during this time when we're kind of stuck, you know, and uh, so I really think you'll enjoy this. There's something in here for every parent or uh, caregiver of young children, whether you have special needs children or not. So uh, we'll get to that in just a quick moment. Just want to say a quick shout out to all my Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for keeping up your support. Uh, I expected to see quite a few people drop off, and I didn't. So I was blessed by your ongoing support, and I'm praying that God continues to provide for each of you financially. If you'd like to chip into this and, and help pay for my work here, you can go to patreon.com slash jonathanpuddle. Thank you so much. Let's have a listen. For everyone listening, I'm Jamie Sumner, and I wrote Eat, Sleep, Save the World, Encouragement for the Special Needs Parent. And the irony, I think, about that is that it came out March 3rd, which was basically, it's like it kind of rode in on the coronavirus, like it rode in on a band of horses and was dropped in the midst of all the chaos. And um, it's funny to think that I would write a book that I would then need to read for my own heart. I mean, just because it's like, oh, so I haven't learned these lessons permanently. Mm. I guess I need to review, as we all do. Um, And so... We're kind of, it's been timely for me too, in a way, because I've been talking about the book so much. And, you know, you write a book years before it comes out, and I'd never have felt it be so applicable for my own heart to talk about it now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, to give you a picture of where we are, um, so I'm in Nashville. My family's in Nashville, Tennessee. And um, as of t- today, We have been home, we as in my husband, off of work, me not traveling to speak or anything else at all these places, and my three children not in school since March 5th, which has been, basically we've been home a month, a little over a month, um, of just free falling it a little bit for, because it's, you know, at first everything was day-to-day updates and we'll see about tomorrow. Okay, we'll see about next week. Okay, we'll see about after spring break. And so I think j- this week really is the first week where we've kind of looked around and said, this is our new normal for the foreseeable future. And so that has actually been good, I think, in a lot of ways because we don't 
I don't feel quite so like I'm hanging on by a limb because I can at least picture what tomorrow is going to look like instead of wondering. Yes. Um, and that's been helpful for my heart just to be able to see that we're finding a sense of stability, you know, in everything. But, but then, you know, so I had to like venture out to the grocery store to which my husband armed me with gloves and a mask. And I will just say this, I'll stop and say this. So my oldest son, Charlie, who's eight, he has cerebral palsy um, and he's in a wheelchair and he uses a speaking device to communicate. Um, But when he was born and came home from the hospital, he came home with a tracheotomy. So the hole in his neck to breathe. And then later he got a G tube, which is the hole in his stomach to, to feed him. And so because he was immunocompromised back then, we, um, I had, you know, a suction device to suction out the trach with all the goop into a jar that you try to never look at or smell for real. There's, there's some reality. Um, and everything was like fraught with this feeling of like, what's a, what invisible thing could he catch, you know? And so I, yesterday when I went to the grocery store and I was putting on gloves, which my husband gave me and a mask, which we still had from when Charlie was little, Mm -hmm. it was just this flashback to that time, which was two years that he had that almost, um, of constant kind of fear, I guess. And I think that's the hardest thing for any parent living right now and trying to take care of their kids is not just the day-to-day practicalities of what our life looks like when there is no school and we're supposed to be quote unquote homeschooling. Um, but like that overarching feeling of fear. And I think that that's where faith comes in and you have to figure out, am I going to trust and give all my effort into the news and what I see? Or am I going to trust God and what I've claimed to be kind of leaning into for my, you know, the lifespan of my faith, um, that God's going to take care of me even as I can't see it, Yeah, you know? And I think that is that right now living in the time that we're in is, is becoming a stark, like you have to make a choice. Like you can't just say I'm living by faith. Like you, you have to choose to do that or you're just going to live in fear. I mean, I, I turned on the radio in the car on the way to the grocery store yesterday and the news was how to safely open your mail. Yeah. And I'm like, what is this world? It's like, you keep thinking you're used to it and you've like acclimated. And then you hear that and you're like, it's a tutorial about how to open your mail. Yeah. We have seriously turned a corner into this other world, at least for now, that we're going to have to trust that God is going to carry us through. Yes. And so I think that is the, that's what keeps flipping back and forth, in my, at least in my heart, is it's not just a daily choice. It's like an hourly moment-to-moment choice you have to keep making that you're going to trust the things you said you've trusted for so long, you know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think it reveals, I don't know if this is your experience, but for me, it's definitely revealing which areas of my faith uh, were more of a flashy veneer than something solid and robust. Yeah. Which in some cases is reassuring and in other cases is the opposite of reassuring. It's like, oh, wow. Yeah. 
I need more than platitudes. Right. Right. You know, I, so I had, I had this, um, this book launch party the week the book came out and I was going to read a passage, um, but I hadn't figured out what I was going to read yet. And this was, so Nashville had just gotten hit by tornadoes that week, that week. And then everything is escalating with the coronavirus. And I had forgotten this, this intro was in here, but there's this, the book is split up into sections. It's like determination and thankfulness and hope and, and, and all of these traits that I think that parents of kids with special needs have, but then don't always recognize in themselves. Mm. So like a purpose of the book is basically not to tell parents how to do it better because we get enough of that. Like heaven help us. We get enough of that. Like we get enough manuals and how to's, especially if you're parenting a child with extra needs. But the purpose of the book was to just point out what parents are doing better than they think they are and kind of relieve Mm. some of that guilt. That's beautiful. Which is heavy right now. So, so I found this passage that I had forgotten about and the section is called resilience. That's the character trait we talk about. And it opens with like I list Hurricane Katrina, 9/11, school shootings, tsunamis, and and I say in that first sentence that these are catastrophes, cataclysmic events that you can't find your way past or see past because they they change your world forever. And then I talk about how resilience, unlike determination, resilience is essentially how to bounce back from something that feels impossible to bounce back from. And I read that at the launch and I have never felt so much that God had given me words to speak at a time that they needed to be spoken because I needed to hear them that, that we will bounce back, you know, that there are so many stories in the Bible of, it's like you think that it, this is the end and no one can continue with the hardship they hardship that they have been dealt and then they do and not only do they do but god so obviously makes it possible like it's not of their own merit you know like it's not that i'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps and keep going through this pandemic it's that I'm going to fall apart every day, multiple times a day, yeah. and God's going to pick me up again. And that's how you have resilience. It's not you. It's that God is not going to let you stay down. Mm. And I think that's really important to me. Already, if you're just think about all the times already that you've basically fallen apart in the last month, and here we are. You know, we're still we're yes. still laughing at things. We're still trying to put dinner together. You know, we're still making a at least an effort at being intentional with our spouses and our family, you know, like it's yeah. not all is not lost, you know. It's true. I may have eaten a bag of chips for lunch, but I oh, am preparing real dinner, right? <laughs> Listen, lunch today, tub of pimento cheese and crackers. That is what happens. That is what Fantastic. happens. What what are you finding uh, your kids needing from you right now that maybe differs slightly from the norm? It's funny. It's not, I don't think, what I would have predicted, like the things that they need differently. Um, 
so Charlie is who I mentioned is eight. I think I said he was eight. He is so used to the school day. He loves school. And, and, you know, the thing that's great about school is that they do something different every 30 minutes, (laughs) you know, and Charlie also gets there. He gets feeding therapy and speech therapy and occupational therapy and physical therapy all together at school. And so I, I was really worried when he came home that he would get immediately bored and he would lose all his the skills he practices at school and he would fall apart. And and honestly, kind of the same for my twins, Cora and Jonas, who were five. This was their first year. They were in kindergarten. And and I was worried about the same thing for them, that if we didn't keep up this premise of school that then exhausts them yes. at the end of the day, our household is going to implode. Like that yes. that's kind of what I thought. So like, you know, you're like step number one, structure. Right. But then as the days and weeks went on, I realized so I can build in all the structure and little activities that I want. But if my overall like emotional vibe and sense that I'm giving off is like kind of panic and sadness Mm -hmm. and like regret over the situation and and um, just an unsettledness of my own spirit, that's what gets into them and affects them more than anything else. Mm, Yes. Wow. We can, I mean, like we can watch YouTube videos all day. And if I'm stressing out and pacing behind the couch and checking my phone for news, they're going to be stressed out by the end of the day. Yes. No matter how much fun they had getting unlimited screen time or whatever, they're going to sense the anxiety in me. Um, so it's like no matter what the day looks like, what they pick up on more is my own emotional and spiritual mm. state. And so I've had to be really intentional lately about praying through the moments that I start to feel myself spin out. Yeah. <laughs> and then if I do remove myself from from them for as long as it takes to kind of get back and and I think that has been the biggest lesson for me to learn is that kids are masters at reading you, you know, they know when something's going on and they may not show it like they may be internalizing it, but it's my job as the grown up for me to internalize what's going on with me first. Mm, That's good. You know? Yeah. So that's kind of, that was my like aha moment as we kind of, have gone forward is that I just need that. And the only way I can do it is to find that release elsewhere. You know what I mean? Like to release my stress elsewhere, which it's like, I'll go, I'll get up before everybody's awake and I'll go for a run by myself and I'll pray because mm-hmm. I'm not like a kneel by the bed and pray kind of person. I never have been because it feels too formulaic. Um, I'm also like every time we read prayers aloud in church from a screen, I'm like, I'm not meaning anything I'm saying because it feels so weird. I'm going to pray it later, you know, because it just I just need it to be a different feel for me. So I'll go run and I'll pray in the morning. And those kinds of those times I found and this is advice for any parent, not just special needs parents. It's just special needs parents tend to be worse at carving that time out for themselves because mm. they feel bad about it. They feel so much worse. But I think we all need the time to connect with God and and have our space, 
no matter what that looks like. And it's not going to be whatever it was before all of this, but there are times and ways to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Wow. You talked, you, you touched on the guilt just before and, and that's been real for me. Mm -hmm. You know, like my wife is working full time uh, and is now at home. My schedule is a lot more flexible. And so I'm sort of doing all the, the bits and pieces with the kids. But I, I'm competing with this some kind of expectation that I'm meant to be doing much, much more and that yep. I probably shouldn't be podcasting or doing my bit to encourage people. I probably shouldn't be painting the kitchen, even though like the reason I'm painting the kitchen is because we're supposed to become foster parents as soon as that's done. And I know that that need hasn't gone away. In fact, it's only mm -hmm. gotten worse. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like there's that. And, and I get to the end of a lot of days and I feel like, man, I am failing at the parenting part. And then I kind of have to walk, talk, go through my self-talk and figure all that out. But that guilt feels way worse right now for mm -hmm. me than it does normally. I normally wouldn't say that that was a thing for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting you said you were you felt like you were failing at the parenting part. And we it's so like us humans to attach words like fail and succeed to something that is an emotional relationship that that shouldn't be shouldn't have to feel like it's calculable. You know what mm. I mean? But we do. <laughs> we say fail. We say parenting win. I mean, we do this because we want to quantify what we're doing so that we feel better. But what ends up happening is we quantify stuff and we feel worse. And I think because I do it so much. Oh, my gosh. I have a list all the time in my head of like, it's like if there were a ledger and checks and balances, like it's always ticking away, you know? Yes. And um, I think for me, <laughs> this is the... The times when I've actually felt the most release from that is when I feel like I'm doing so bad as a parent that I literally just throw my hands up because there's no way I'm climbing out of this pit that I have fallen into parenting. And and I think just that act of like throwing your hands up and then waiting and letting God fix it. Mm makes because then it takes it out of your control again which is where it should be um gives that release from the guilt you know what i mean mm -hmm. because if you feel like you're winning at parenting like i did three educational activities that i found on pinterest today and my kids are excelling at math even though they're not in school and we are going all organic and you know it's like when you feel like that you're actually the least connected with God and how powerless you are and how much you're supposed to be leaning into him because then it feels like you're doing it all. Mm. And so for me, the the only way I figured out how to let go of the guilt is to remember that Charlie and Cora and Jonas, like they're mine, but they're not mine. Like they're mine on loan. You know, you just, you just mentioned foster kids. It's like, we have to remember that our children 
are on loan and they're God's children first. And so, which means if we quote unquote fail, he's still going to take care of them. And then the pressure is off a little bit more, you know, as long as we're being intentional as best we can, that's all we can do because God will still carry them through all of our mistakes. Thank goodness. Yes. You know, that is a so, good reminder. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> I feel. Well, I'm, I'm talking to myself. Yeah. Too. Well, I'm glad I feel, uh, I, you can't see my hand is on my heart. <laughs> I, I, I feel that right now. That's really good. Yeah. Eat eat potato chips for lunch, you know, feed them what you got to feed them. And we're all just doing the best we can, you know? What else are you telling yourself? What else? Or what, or what else would you want to tell yourself right now? I think specifically on the special needs front, I think the thing I'm trying to remember, because like you hear about, like I have a friend who has an adult son who has autism and lives in a home away from her. And she can't visit him right now because they've closed visits mm. and they've closed all their day trip, field trip activities, mm. you know. And right now when he his world looks so different, like he doesn't quite understand why she can't visit. And he doesn't understand why the routine that he has clung to and that has worked for him for so long is no longer there. Yeah. Um, like I've had to watch her go through trying to explain that to him from afar. And that's really that's really difficult. And I know a lot of parents that are in that situation. And so the thing that I'm trying to remember is that God can teach her son and my son and all of our other children lessons through this that we can't. Mm. And part of this transition is their transition too. And because it's, it's easy not to like, not to process that, that because you, you as a parent know their limitations and what they can do. And so you cut, it's almost like because you're the advocate and you're always their first fighter and first speaker for them we forget that God can, can jump over us, you know, yes. and still reach them without us. Um, and I think that there's a lot going on that, that we have to trust that God is doing in their hearts mm. through all of this that we can't see and that we can't participate in. And, but that doesn't make it less good. That's really it true. It might make it more good, you know? Definitely. Well, and I, I feel like there is such a temptation to, kind of be that snowplow, right? Like to, to clear yes. everything out of the way to create such a safe environment for our children. And and then to kind of, w whether or not we're trying to do that or trying to not be a helicopter, it's easy to f kind of think that we understand everything that's happening in their world. Right. That we have created mm -hmm. it to some degree, that we know what's up, and that as long as we can get through this, they'll be fine. Right. And then, yeah, this won't really affect them. Right. Because we've done all the absorbing, right? Uh, but yeah, that's a really good point that 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 they're active participants in this life, right? Which sounds obvious, <laughs> but it's that instinct, it's that parent instinct to kind of when you feel out of control, you want to control more, you know? Mm. Yeah, that is true. Mm. <laughs> Guilty as charged. What is 
what what is God saying to you right now? I think, oh, this is like the hardest. It's funny because it's like the lesson I'm trying to be taught, like the lesson that God is trying to teach me feels counterintuitive to what's going on. But because my house is so crazy right now, but I think that he, I think God is really trying to teach me how to be still enough to let him do his work and not, this kind of goes along with what I just said about parenting, but, and not necessarily jump in to try to fix every problem. Mm. And stillness feels almost impossible right now. You know, everybody always needs something. And um, also, you don't want to be still because you already feel kind of trapped in your house. You know, it's like that. But then I think, I think God is trying to show us something. Like, I really think that by shrinking our little bubbles to the size of the family that we have forces us to either pay attention to what's going on inside us that we could have ignored with activity before or drive ourselves crazy seeking that busyness and manufacturing that busyness Mm. so that we don't have to hear whatever God's trying to whisper at us. Yes. Um, And that's a really hard thing to hone in on because the world celebrates busyness, you know, and achievement and checklists. But when all of that is taken away, literally taken out of your hands, it's a huge opportunity to figure out what's important to you. And, you know, everybody picks like for New Year's, everybody picks like resolutions and words that inspire them for the year and, you know, themes that they want to kind of follow for their life, you know, courage or, you know, consistency or worthiness or, you know, whatever word people pick to inspire themselves. Well, you know what? Like a lot of times that gets lost or filled in with day-to-day stuff. This is when you really see what your word is that you have secretly chosen. You know what I mean? That that you you spend more of your time trying to cultivate your life around certain priorities. Yes. And they're going to become really clear while we're all stuck at home. And I think God's trying to show me both in like my parenting life, my marriage, my friendships, where I place my priorities, like in my identity. And I think I could ignore it or I could see whatever he's trying to show me and then be willing to be taught instead yes. of just grumbling along. You know, C.S. Lewis in The Great Divorce, there's a there's a ghost who um, is always muttering and complaining. And then at one point she fades completely away. And, you know, the, the narrator says, where is she? And, and he said, or it says, why couldn't she be saved? And he said, well she wasn't a person anymore. She was just a grumble. Mm. And I think that's, that's easy to fall into. You become what you do until there's not enough left of you. And God's trying to bring us back. That's he's carrying us back over and over again. And I think that's important to remember right now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's really good. I feel like I, I have moments. My, My friend said to me the other day, she said, I feel like I'm going through the, all the grief cycle. Every day. Yep. Um, every day. And I start again in the morning. And I thought, yeah, I can identify 
do you do you do you think this is going to change your parenting forever? Like, or do you think that you know there'll be like kind of a snap back to normal? Do you have a sense? I would love to say that it is going to change my parenting forever, but it's like that feeling that you have. When you go on vacation and, like, you notice all the scenery more because everything's different. And so, like, you spend more time looking up and around and appreciating small moments. And you come back refreshed and you're like, I am a changed person. You know, I I feel revitalized. I'm going to take this into the rest of my life. And then you see it wear off, right? Like, you mm-hmm. you sink back into your routines and, and things like that. Um you know, I know that the first day that the kids go back to school and actually get on the bus and go to school, it's going to feel amazing, yeah. right? And I'm going to miss them all day yeah. because I'm not used to this. And then they're going to come home and I'm going to be very intentional with every moment, you know, yes. because we, we haven't had this in a while. But then eventually that wears off, right? You're like, did no one eat breakfast? And where is your code? And did you get your homework? And we're doing that on the way to the bus stop. And then they get home and they immediately want to go run off and play with their friends. And I'm like, fine, you know, and, and someone it'll, didn't eat their sandwich again. Why do exactly, I even make these every morning if you don't exactly, eat them? Why is this banana from a week ago still in the bottom of your back? You know, and all the little things will crowd back in because that's how life works. But I do think. Because when you remember all those big moments in your life that that you have learned a lesson, like you can look back on it. Like when Charlie had a really bad seizure when he was, the twins were not even a year old and he was about two and a half. And it was the most terrifying moment. I mean, because I did, you know, it wouldn't stop and there was no safe place to put my hands on him. And they wouldn't let me ride in the back of the ambulance with him. And then... I had to stand outside his room while doctors stripped him and worked on him. And he was holding his hand out to me because he could see me and they wouldn't let me touch him. Like these kinds of things. Like I remember praying like, God, just save him and protect him and keep him safe. And he is yours, you know, and stuff like that. I will never forget. Like those are lessons I've learned that God can take care of my children no matter what that I will never forget. And so I think in certain ways we're going to go back to normal, but I think in other bigger ways we're going to remember the things that this time has taught us and we're going to carry that into the rest of our lives. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be apparent in every small moment, but I think as far as our hearts and in our general like who we are as people, I think it will change us. Yeah. What's getting Charlie through these days? And what's getting you and Charlie through these days? Well, I have an answer for one of for the, that that works nicely together. And I was just thinking about this today because right before this podcast, I took Charlie. We got this. We have this giant jogging stroller that he can fit in. No matter, I mean, it'll carry him until he's like two hundred pounds. Nice. Um, I will not be able to carry him to the <laughs> stroller at that point. But so I, right before this, I took him for a really long walk outside and, you know, we, he would point out cars and I would name the colors and he would wave at everybody that we passed from six feet away. And, uh, and it was, and I remember thinking, so we used to do this when he was a baby, like, because we couldn't do anything else. And because of the trach, he was, you know, we couldn't go to stores and stuff like, or or play areas and things like that, like anybody else. So we would go for walks all the time. And so it's so funny because I remember thinking today, 
it's like in a lot of ways we've reverted to that old time and it has been so special Hmm. because we didn't have so much time to do this when he was in school every day during the week, you know? And because we have all this time now, we've rekindled this tradition that has been so sweet for both of us. Mm. And, you know, he's gotten now to where he points to the door and he's like, go. And and we do, you know. And and I think that has been a really um, big deal for me to get to have that reconnection with him. Yeah. So it's not... Isn't that interesting, right? Uh, my brain defaults to what's getting Charlie through, what's getting you through, and there's a sense where where Charlie's getting you through, mm-hmm. and, and what what you're creating for him is also what's getting you through. Yeah. I wonder if that's what gets God through. Like, what gets God through life? Us, like enjoying us, hope. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason we're made in God's image, you know, and he did that in the first place. Like, I think he does get like joy from, from us and our joy. And when we fall apart and then lean into him, like, I think he, he celebrates our wins just as much as we do, if not more. Yes. Amen. Yeah. But not our hashtag parenting wins. Cause we should, <laughs> we should no, ditch those. Right. <laughs> gonna, how do we, how do we unmake that as a hashtag? Uh, it's a really good point though like like yeah i i think what you didn't say but i think is is kind of intrinsic to that is is if our if our measure of success is pegged upon all of these tangible like metrics well then as soon as our capacity to deliver them is removed then our sense of success is removed exactly what do you think some more so holistic also our sense of failure too you know what i mean like right which yes. is the point. And I think that's largely what I feel is yeah. that I don't know what my daily metrics are anymore. And if I don't know that I'm succeeding, I assume I'm failing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that's a bigger issue in my life than just the current season well, because I'm kind of, <laughs> that, there's a bunch of other circumstantial things in my life that, that play into that. I mean, I think if we asked anyone who's listening to raise their hand, if they've fallen into that, everybody is going to, you know, all across the world, people are raising their hand right now because we all do that. Like, how do we, how do you not like, because we're not out of time, like we're stuck on this timeline. And so we're looking around trying to measure it. And I mean, luckily God is timeless and can see everything forwards and backwards. And so doesn't have to measure our failures and successes you know, because he's wiped all that out, but we're still here, you know, like it's yes. still going to be dinner time in a few hours and I'm going to have to deal with that. And and so, yeah, of course we're going to succumb to those kind of, did I do a good job or not? We all like gold stars. It's true. And yet we know that they're not that helpful. And you know, oh, totally. most of us have removed them from, I, I don't give up gold stars yeah. for memory verses anymore because right. I figured out that doesn't work. And yeah. in fact, <laughs> it causes all kinds of problems down the road. Yeah. Especially in theology. What are you making for dinner tonight? Oh gosh. So now I have to figure that out, huh? I think we're making tacos if you want to know the truth. Because I went to the grocery store yesterday and they finally had meat again. There was no meat for like ever. Yeah, same here. So I'm like, we are getting some ground beef. We are making this happen. We did tacos, I think, last week or the week before. Tonight will be hamburgers for the Puddle family because it's just nice enough that I can grill again. There you go. What 
What would you want other parents listening to really take away, especially if they're raising children with extra needs? What would your encouragement be to your brothers and sisters in that scenario? I would say, essentially, if possible, throw out the rule book for how you think you should be parenting right now, because it's not going to be the same. And if you throw that out, it might open the possibility that there is a better way to do it. That's more freeing. Um, but the only way to learn it is to let go of what you're used to, which, you know, it's easy to let go because you have to, but it's a lot harder to not still secretly miss like your default parenting settings, you know? Yes. And to let that drive you forward. Like you're still really, really wishing and wanting it to be like it was while on the surface, everything looks different because it has to be. And I think my advice would be to cut yourself some slack and just let this time be what it is and not put any shoulds, like mm-hmm. any expectations on it and just do what you can do. And then I always learn my best lessons in hindsight. So, you know, and then look back when we're past this and see maybe what you can't see now, which is where God is stepping in, because we're not all going to be sitting cross-legged in on the floor so attuned to God that we can literally hear his voice and wind chimes. Like it's not going to be like that right now. And we shouldn't expect it to be. Mm. So my, my heart is saying, okay, I'm just going to do what we do and I'm not going to judge it because that's pointless right now. I am judges are supposed to be impartial and clearly I am not that. So I'm not going to do that. And then later, right. And then later, down the road, I'm going to look back and then try to find what God is going to show me when my heart is actually ready for it. Yes. But you can't force that. You just can't. No. That's so, so. good. That's so good, Jamie. Thank you. I like that. I judges are supposed to be impartial and I am not impartial. So I'm not going to judge my own parenting. Right. That's really good. How do we make that a hashtag? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just soaking all this in. Thank you. I've really enjoyed this. This has been really good for me on a Friday afternoon uh, as I lean into my weekend and I'm kind of like, you know, we're going to start Sabbath. And what on earth delineates my weekend from today and the day before and the day after? I don't know anymore. It's losing, losing all meaning. Um, But yeah, thank you. This has really been life-giving for me. Jamie, tell us quickly a bit more about your book and where we can find you online. Absolutely. So. It's called Eat, Sleep, Save the World, Words of Encouragement for the Special Needs Parent. And you can find it anywhere, Lifeway, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever, your indie bookstore, wherever you buy books. Um, I believe Lifeway, because books are being delayed everywhere, I think Lifeway is, is, has made the ebook super, super cheap everywhere. So whatever platform you use to read ebooks, I think it's on super sale. So that would be good. Um, and my website, if you want to find out more about me, you know, I, I also write middle grade fiction and I write for the New York times and the Washington post. So you can find more about me on my website, which is jamie-sumner.com and you'll find me. I'll put all those in the, uh, in the show notes so everybody can 
Get those. Uh, Jamie, would you be willing to pray for us parents in this? Absolutely. Lord, I lift up all the parents parenting kids with special needs and parenting all of our kids since everybody has extra needs right now. And I'm praying for myself here too. Um, Please give us the grace to listen to you um, over our own thoughts and fears. Um, Grant us the supernatural ability to hear you um, in this time and to be brave enough to listen and brave enough to let go of all of that parenting guilt so that we can find some rest um, even when the days feel so long. Please open up moments of time that we could not have made ourselves um, to give us some laughter and some extra sleep and creativity and all the other things that also speak to our hearts. And uh, please just keep us grateful and keep us listening and show us today how you are loving us in all this. Amen. And that was Jamie Sumner. Thank you so much, Jamie. I really, really enjoyed that. And I've been doing my best to put that into practice, to not sit in judgment over myself, to allow myself to have fun, to do what I need to do to relax and be more present to myself in order to be present to my family. Uh, And it's true, it works. Go check out her book, Eat, Sleep, Save the World, Words of Encouragement for the Special Needs Parent, as well as Unbound, and her uh, check out her, her fictional novels. They're really fun. You can go check out the show notes for this episode uh, for links to all of those things, as well as uh, go to my Amazon shop, amazon.com slash shop slash Jonathan Puddle, or amazon.ca slash shop slash Jonathan Puddle, and you'll find links to all of the books that I have have featured on the show here as well as other resources non-book things too so uh, simple one-stop shop for all the things i talk about here you can go and buy it go follow jamie on instagram twitter facebook and elsewhere and find her at jamie-sumner.com grace and peace to you guys thank you for listening thank you for sharing these i hope that this helps you during this time reach out to me if you have any ideas for people you think i should have on the show uh, much grace much love much hope to you all i'll talk to you next week